Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Brian Jacobs. Brian, Brett with you in our family leisure studios as we start our third and final hour. And joining us to talk Grizzlies, the Grizzlies beat writer for the commercial appeal, DeMichael Cole joins us now. DeMichael, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, two games over the weekend, two losses um, by a pretty wide margin. But more specifically, last night's game, only eight guys available. It's happened a couple of times now for the Grizzlies with all of these injuries. Injuries, but it seems like throughout these injuries, Brett and I have talked a lot. The guys that are out there are still going out there and fighting, playing hard. It's just hard to do that against a team that is uh, really running the East like the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be hard for them to do that against a team that's as good as the Boston Celtics. But I mean, for anything right now, yeah. because it's it's just so many factors. Uh, to that situation, you talk about missing thirteen Crazy. players on your fifteen man roster, like not just thirteen players, in- included you know your two way guys and all that. We're talking about thirteen of the fifteen guys uh, who are under contract for you uh, for for the seeable future. So um, not only not only that, but you, you got guys on ten days who are. You know, uh, getting this crash course of trying to learn plays and things like that. None of these guys really play with each other. You know, so it's, it's learning tendencies. If you look at the first couple possessions of the Boston game, I thought that told us everything we need to know. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Luke Kennard had a turnover on an out-of-bounds pass, and it was just something as simple as he threw it to a spot expecting someone to be there, and that person wasn't there uh, because that chemistry isn't there. And then the second possession – I forget who the ball handler was, but Trey Jemison was setting the screen, and there was an illegal screen. And it's it's those little tedious things as simple as that, where if it was Steven Adams or, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. or maybe one of the guys who played with Brandon Clark for a while, you repeatedly set these screens over and over and over in practice. And guys, uh, you start to know, hey, I need to be here uh, when my big is here and things like that. And, and they have to learn all those little small details. So, I mean, I think the beginning of the game kind of showed it. Like, two turnovers on the first couple possessions, and it's just like a little out of sync right now. So it's not even just the talent uh, level where, you know, clearly, again, these are a lot of guys who've been playing in the G League, but it's the fact that not only that, these guys didn't come from the same G League team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is summer league-type <laughs> rosters and, and certainly preseason-type rosters, and it's just really hard to – to have any cohesion at all. On Monday night against Sacramento and on Thursday night against Cleveland, the effort you just could not question. And both games were almost like a carbon copy of just right there to be had at the end and just experience and those teams having cohesion and the Grizzlies not. And that, you know, they both pulled away at the end and the Grizzlies came up, you know, heartbreakingly short. And then against Golden State and Boston, it kind of bottomed out. Yeah, uh, and that's, that was the thing. Uh, what you just touched on, Brett, was something that really stood out to me before this last game against Boston with all these guys out. Because you still had, like, Jaron and a couple more pieces in there. And all of the losses were happening in a similar fashion. And if you would have asked me a couple weeks ago, hey, with all these guys out, if the Grizzlies are to be 
I guess not. The word may not be okay with losing, but kind of still hold their heads high through losing. How would it look? And I would say it would be a team that can compete for four quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not just out there getting manhandled every single night. You're not lacking energy and hustle. And that's exactly how his team had been. You know, I mean, take the Boston game out of it. This is a team that pretty much most games are played out in a similar fashion. In the first half, get out to a really good start, kind of catch these teams off guard because there just really isn't much of a scouting report on a lot of these players. And you play that tough defense. You know, you got guys like Vince Williams who, no matter who he's playing against, he's going to give them a tough time. Jaren's the former defensive player of the year. Put a nice couple pieces around them. Uh, Xavier Tillman, really solid defender as well. You make a couple shots, you go into the fourth quarter with a real chance. And they've done that. And, um, you know, during this losing streak, for the most part, uh, where things break down at is in the fourth quarter. And quite frankly, to me, that's expected because fourth quarter basketball is different than the first three quarters of basketball. Yeah. Uh, teams are going to switch more, and when they, and teams are going to play with more, you know, there's just more sense of urgency. It's, it's the last 12 minutes. All that energy that you've been saving throughout the game, now's the time to let it all out. So you, you, when the Grizzlies are beating teams, you know, with the hustle plays and things like that through the first three quarters, uh, that margin of error kind of decreases when you get to the fourth because that opponent is now – now they're about to start diving on the floor as much as you and whatnot. So you don't have that advantage as much. When teams switch more, now it's becoming an isolation game in terms of you got to find the weak matchup and you got to attack that that player in isolation. But in, with the Grizzlies, with the way the roster is currently constructed, you got Jaron Jackson Jr. But outside of that, you don't have just a lot of guys who are dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to attacking one-on-one matchups, it was different when you know teams would switch. You got John Morant matched up against a big man. That's food all day. Or Desmond Bain, you know, matched up against a big. Or Jaron Jackson Jr. matched up against a guard. And he has Luke Kennard, Desmond Bain, and John Morant flanking him in different spots. So it's a little bit different uh, from that perspective. So you expect the fourth-quarter struggle. And I think, for the most part, they've played well. they played like I've really kind of applauded Taylor Jenkins throughout this stretch because uh, they're not just getting the doors blown off them every day and looking like an embarrassing team. I do too. I, I do applaud him during the stretch. You can question some things, especially in that first 25 without John. I think some of it was on the effort front and, and he, I think he could have been, he could have inspired more, but over the whole and certainly in, in this, in this stretch, I, I do have, uh, admiration for him. We know John's not returning. Uh, Bain's not returning, is he this year? Yeah. You say that again? But Bain won't play again this year, will he? Oh, I, I think he will. I, I, oh, you do? I, I, think, I think Desmond Bain will return uh, this season. He, he is, he's probably the guy of the long term when you look at Marcus Smart, Bain, um, and and all those other guys. I think he's one of the ones who's trending. I, I, I'd say think around after the All-Star break, the realistic chance that he could be better. Okay, good. What have you heard on the Brandon Clark front? Uh, I know the it feels like the latest big update we got was around All-Star break. We've seen him kind of out there before games, getting shots up, doing things. What have you heard on, on, on his timeline? As it pertains to, to Brandon Clark, I think this is a situation that's a little bit different mm-hmm. than the others um, because of the fact that in reality, if you watch him right now, he's he's, he's very close. Like, 
if it was if there was a higher sense of urgency from the standpoint of man, we need another big right now, and we're competing for a top four or top six seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say without a doubt, uh, he's playing sometime soon. You know, within the next you know few weeks to a month. But uh, without that sense of urgency, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how the Grizzlies uh, weigh their options here. Because there's positives and negatives both ways. Sure. I could very realistically see them saying, hey, let's get him some in-game reps right now. Or I could see them say, hey, we're not really playing for anything. Just let him continue rehabbing. Now he gets a full summer of doing you know, whatever he wants to do basketball-wise. And then he goes into training camp kind of on a level playing field with the rest of the players, gets to build up through uh, preseason camp and whatnot, gets to build up through preseason games, and then goes into the regular season, you know, that way, where he's getting kind of the, the jitters and all that stuff out, um, the mental stuff, get that out in the preseason game. So I can see it both ways. But uh, for the, when you talk about just how he looks from a health standpoint, I, I think without a doubt, like if, if there was a high sense of urgency, we'll see him. The Michael Farr, Derek Rose. It the now the hamstrings barking again after protracted absence. Gets back, looks pretty good, but uh, a lot of you know a lot of tread off the tires for him. Are we at the end of him as a career? Are we at the end of him come April with the Memphis Grizzlies or what? What? How, how does the? What do you think the future holds for Derek Rose? And it's, it's, it's a difficult decision from the standpoint of what he means to these guys. You know, I mean, so many players in that Grizzlies locker room have literally come up to me and just said, man, you know, Derrick Rose, like, that's a vet. Like, he's he's really impacting these guys' lives. You know, and it, it's non-basketball stuff for the most part. Um, he, these guys really kind of flock to Derrick Rose. And it's a different perspective that he brings. Because Derrick Rose can say, hey, I've done what you guys want to do. Even Ja. Ja, you want to win an MVP? I did that. Like, um, he has, you know, that respectability. And he's such a kind of even-keeled type of guy. He doesn't walk around like that. He doesn't carry himself like that. But uh, getting to your uh, your question, I think uh, when, when he was signed, it, it was a two-year deal. But the way the money is laid out, uh, the Grizzlies could part ways with him in the offseason and not really take, that, take you know, a, a cap hit uh, for much of nothing. So with that being said, I think it pretty much, you know, uh, I, I think in a perfect case scenario, you would love for Derrick Rose to be that 15th man on the roster who would be that um, that Udonis Haslam. Not exactly that, but because but, cause in his mind, Derrick Rose wants to play. Right. But he can kind of still, you know, be that, that mentor who, who, who gives you, you know, spot minutes from time to time and whatnot. But... That depends on what the Grizzlies and the, do around the rest of the roster. Right now, the Grizzlies need every roster spot they can get, for example. So if it comes down to a numbers crunch, I think it's very realistic that uh, these will be the final games uh, that Derrick Rose plays with the Grizzlies. But if we're in a situation where we're saying, hey, the Grizzlies have, have unloaded a couple of the contracts with the young players that we're talking about, the young wings they drafted that haven't lived up to – I guess the expectations or whatnot. If they're able to part ways with a couple of those guys, now you got four potentially four roster spots open uh, going into the offseason. Now you can do everything you you want to. You can yeah. sign a you know your first round pick. You can go out and get a free agent or two. If you want to upgrade Gigi Jackson from a two way to a standard deal, you can do that as well. So in that case, oh yeah, Derrick Rose he's still valuable from the standpoint of what he brings to the locker room. Let's keep him here. 
But if he gets to the point of man, like right now, you're Vince, Victor Oladipo, that trade, uh, you you're opening up another roster spot there, uh, and Xavier Tillman is going to be a free agent at the end of the season too. So now you got two roster spots open. One of them is more than likely going to go to your first round pick, or if you trade that first round pick, it's going to go to the player who you get back in that trade. Yeah. So with that being said. Uh, you got one more spot right now, and that's not going to be enough. So they'll need a couple more spots. We'll see what happens at the deadline and whatnot. But uh, that's kind of how I see that playing out. Stephen Adams being dealt, you mentioned Victor Oladipo in that deal, and we we joked last week. Don't go out and buy an Oladipo jersey. I don't I don't th- I don't think he's going <laughs> be a, be be around for long. Uh, a couple things, DeMichael. for Stephen Adams. Wh- what's left for him and? If New Orleans had, let's say New Orleans won a playoff series and JV was a big part of it, could they argue they won that trade? Um, I think I think New Orleans can argue they won that trade, and it is not just it's not just JV. It's it's, it's that trade Murphy guy. Um, mm-hmm. Oh it, yeah. If I mean. You know, we talk about it a little bit between desire and, and, and Trey Murphy conversation. Uh, it, I think it's it's pretty clear uh, who got the better end uh, of the deal from that standpoint. But we'll see. You know how things play out in New Orleans. You mentioned a, a great point from the standpoint of uh, they have to win a playoff series or something. I mean, the Grizzlies got to the second round with Stephen Adams, and I've said it a hundred times over: if Stephen Adams is playing against the Lakers, I think they roll. Like I, I so I, agree. I, I agree I, so much. That that I mean, the Lakers just bully balled them in that series. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't a super skills advantage. It, it it was just bully ball. It was hey, we're bigger than you, and we're taller than you, and we're gonna show it. And that doesn't happen with Stephen Adams on the floor. So uh, right now, I feel to a certain degree lean like the Grizzlies. Uh, kind of slightly won the trade, but the trade Murphy over Zaire gives them that advantage. Uh, we'll see because uh, New Orleans is in a similar situation where they have this roster crunch, right? And you got guys like Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, uh, Dyson Daniels. Well, there's a lot of overlap in their wings. Like, yeah. they're good wings, but there's not enough minutes for all these guys. So how they end up moving those pieces around could factor into it as well as how Jonas uh, Valanciunas plays. But right now, I still lean Grizzlies a little bit. But at the end of it, we look back in a year or two, I can see us saying, hey, the Pelicans got that deal. Yeah, I, I might even be a little more than a lean Grizzlies right now. But that's why I mentioned New Orleans winning a playoff series. Then it really gets up for grabs. And, and to Michael, that's a, that would be another one on the Kids on this front office. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking to somebody. Uh, I got here a couple seasons ago. And I just remember, like, everyone was, when I first got here, I was, you know, asking people about climbing and, and whatnot, and, and everyone was like, man, he doesn't miss on first-round picks. And I'm looking at the history, and this is, you know, Zaire Williams' rookie year. And I'm like, man, yeah, he, I, I remember he got Brandon Clark late first round. He got uh, Desmond Bain last pick of the first round. He got Santi Aldama at the end of the first Bain round. Bain was the big one. Yeah, Bain, Bain was huge. Bain was huge. But I mean, because I let's Brandon, be honest, twenty nine, uh, uh, twenty nine other teams take Ja. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, the job one was that was a piece of cake. That was a piece of cake. I think Brandon Clark was. I mean, for Brandon Clark to earn that type of second contract while being a late first round pick too, 
And he, you, you talk about that Grizzlies playoff series when Brandon Clark was probably, I mean, between him and Desmond Bain, ironically, the two guys we're talking about, they won that series. So Zach Kleinman's late first-round picks beat Minnesota. That Those were the two best Grizzlies uh, during that series. Now, Josh means getting double-teamed, triple-teamed, everything in the paint. But it was Desmond Bain and Brandon Clark. Do we lose Michael? Michael, you there? It's been oh, way there more missed. It's been way more. It's been way more missed, guys. The last yeah. two years, and I mean, David. Between David Roddy, Jake Laravia, and Zion Williams, I don't even think you needed all of them to hit. You yeah. just need one of those guys to turn into a fifteen points per game solid defender. Yeah. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Fifteen points a game, 36 percent from three point range. Someone that's respectable and a solid defender, and. Right now, none of them have even proven to be rotation players on a quality NBA team. Yeah. Like, I think in a perfect world, uh, David Roddy, who's been in a rotation a lot of, a lot of this season, he's a 11th, 12th man. You know, on, the, on the, maybe a guy in certain matchups, oh, he, he's a great, you know, matchup against this team, and he gives you a boost off the bench uh, from the 12th man spot on the roster or whatnot. But uh, these are not guys that – they haven't, at least at this point, shown to be guys who should be in your rotation every game. And that, and for those to be first round picks, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a uh, kind of a little blurred mark on uh, the resume. Yeah. Super Bowl Fifty Eight on Sunday, DeMichael Cole. Who's your NFL team? Man, look, it, it, I always break down the game in, in the simplest form: defense wins championships. But in the year twenty twenty four, you better have a quarterback who can walk down that field. Uh, I, Tell you what, I went against Pat Mahomes when they played the Bills, and then I said, "Okay, Lamar, Lamar's going to get him this time." <laughs> I went, against, I, I went against Pat Mahomes when he played the Ravens. So guess what? I'm not going against Pat Mahomes again. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs to uh, pull this one out. Mm. And a score? Uh, no one is. I think the Green Bay Packers are the only team that scored more than 25 points against the Chiefs. I mean, more than 24 points against the Chiefs this season. So I think we see somewhere around that range. I say uh, 24-20. Mm. I like that score range. That's the only game. thing that I feel great about is the under. I, I like I, I like Mahomes too. And if he wins this, I think it's already dynasty, even if he doesn't. There's no doubt if he does, is it? I mean, someone told me the other day that he's starting to have that type of impact where we saw a lot of Brady's career. We saw it with Michael Jordan, where yeah. he's just blocking he's blocking guys from winning Super Bowls. Like he's altering the legacy of right. great quarterbacks. Tiger. And we, yeah, Tiger. I mean, right. I mean, imagine Phil Mickelson's legacy if he had never heard these two words, Tiger yep. Woods. <laughs> it, it, it completely shifts everything, and and that's and that's where I am. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. like he he's keeps altering these dudes' legacy. So I ain't the one to bet against him anymore. I mean, Patrick Mahomes will definitely enter, you know, uh, that that elite level if he already wasn't there in some people's minds, and yeah. It definitely enters the dynasty conversation. DeMichael, here's a coach legacy he has already altered and may come Sunday really mar. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that'd be him getting him twice. Twice. If he, uh, if he does that, because, I mean, Shanahan is is one of the best coaches in the game. But it's like when you when you look back in 15, 20 years, 
and you see, oh, he didn't win a bowl. It's because <laughs> of one player. It's literally because of one player. I mean, the NFC has been really tough the past few years, and, and Shanahan has, has been top of the pack. Yeah, no, he absolutely has. Well, it's going to be yeah, a fun. He probably goes, he goes last season if his quarterback healthy more than likely. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a fun matchup uh, on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. But as always, DeMichael, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next week. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks, DeMichael. Thank you, DeMichael, so much. It was so fun being at the building three games last week, mm-hmm. seeing DeMichael at the building. And, and really, the, the effort was there for all three, and Absolutely. the result was almost there against Sacramento mm-hmm. and Cleveland. I can tell you now, that's where I'm I'm beaming tonight after seeing oh, those yeah. two last that's week. And the, and they play tonight in OH. I-O. <laughs> and, and then Golden State on Friday night. And yeah. you know, Golden State still got a lot of really – Really good pieces, sure. <laughs> and it, it, it came undone. And then yeah. Sunday, I, I, I think most fair-minded people can understand yeah, it, can't they? I think so. I think so. Hard uh, for, like like Michael said, hard for anybody to go up against the Boston Celtics, and certainly when you only have eight available players. I, I still think they did it with, 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 with dignity, though. Just oh, absolutely. To, I mean – to go out there with old number eighteen. I mean, I mean, come on I mean Brett, the first half was fun to watch. It was, it was especially the first quarter was very competitive. It was really the second half that that they uh, let it go because I was shocked. You know, like I said, I was at the hustle game, and so we left the hustle game and missed a good portion of the second half. I went back and watched a lot of it last night. But when we we went and ate, and when we got to the restaurant, the game was over. I said. Whoa! They lost by forty. I mean, I was—I shouldn't have been surprised because the Celtics, but I was a little, a little surprised. Nineteen and a half point underdog. I—I wow. I, I don't ever remember the Grizzlies being that. Wow! Somebody got there easily last night with uh, with Boston laying the nineteen Ooh. and a half. Man, you're sweating I, that one early. And I hit the—I I hit the Google machine last night, and I think there was a twenty and a half one time. Wow! As large as NBA spread. I think that underdog won in that one. Really? I mean, it's yeah. hard. in the NBA, when you know all these guys are professionals, hard to to beat. Go out there in a twenty point line, go out there and cover it. How would you like to be the person in Boston last night that maybe at a silent auction or <laughs> your boss handed you two tickets on a Sunday night oh, yeah. and, and, and did it back, you know, in uh-huh. October, knowing that Jaw would be back for that? Oh, yeah. You know, go see you know the young Grizzlies oh, yeah. on a Sunday night and setting three thousand dollar tickets to see that oh yeah you're sitting there going oh man this could be number one in the east versus number three in the west number five yeah. in the west and then you go out there and you see no offense to them but yeah. trey jemison in there starting at center yeah that sometimes goes with, with sports yeah. this hour of our show brought to you every day by hewlett and dunn boot and gene they're on the historic square in Collierville. they've been there since 1961 charles hall he started working there in his teens and now with his wife laura what a great team they make. They own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team for any season. Work boots, western wear, soft toe, safety toe, rubber boots. they got the boots for every occasion at Hewlett Dunn. From head to toe, they've got you covered with every brand imaginable. Name brands like Dan Post, Ariat, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women, outerwear. Those Philson jackets feel so good. we still got Cool, cold nights left, days left. Men's and women's clothing, jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duckhead collection 
you'll find anywhere. Charles and Laura Hall, they invite you to 111 North Center Street or visit HewlettDunn.com, but they'd rather you visit them on the square in Collierville. Sunglasses, boot care products, hats, and every cool area team snapback you can think of for the Tigers, for Mississippi State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and the Razorbacks. The travel bag selection, it's top-notch. Go to HewlettDunn.com, but get by and visit and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Well, we need to get to a break on the other side. We're going to talk about what's trending and a ton to get to in what's trending today. We'll do that next on Sports Time. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you. Johnny Hill producing as we are winding down our Monday show. And a lot to get to during What's Training. But I do want to start off with uh, the week that was last week for our very own Johnny Hill. Down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Johnny, you were there all week. You saw a lot. I tried to watch... A little bit of it during the week when they had practices yeah. and stuff like that. Um, game was Saturday. I missed it, unfortunately. Yeah. Who impressed down there? Who, while you were down there over the week or in the game, that really jumped out to you that maybe uh, maybe people should keep an eye on as the draft gets closer? Man, uh a cornerback from Penn State, Kalen King, he really stuck out to me. Love he, he was ranked, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the the seventh or or eighth, one of them numbered best corner in this draft in this draft class, and I had an opportunity to interview him, and we really just connected. And also, like he's a great person off the field, but he's an even better player on the field. He fits a lot of schemes. I was I was listening to some people talk about the scouts and different things, and he's just a great person. We connected. He gave me his information. That man, that man, that man can play. Like he he's a guy who can like legitly. He can play outside. Outside corner and inside at nickel, so he gonna fit a lot of good uh, good places, man. He really really improved his stock. Also, um, that was also that's the guy who most impressed. My favorite interview was Tez Walker talking to Tez yes. Walker. Um, I told you, you need yeah. To go down and talk and to shout out to Brian because Brian told me he said, "Man, you got to talk to Tez Walker." And he and he was just ta- talking about how mentally how hard it was during that time not being with the team. And not really having the opportunity, but he said what kept him up was he was still practicing with the guys. He didn't right. distance himself from the guys. He kept practicing, and the coaches they really believed in him and stuff. So that was my favorite interview. But one guy who uh, I was a little disappointed with was Joe Milton. He didn't he didn't play the best, mm. uh, and uh, his stock did get hurt during that during that game. He he threw some picks, mm. and he. he it was just I, I I don't know was it the nerves or anything because all of them are really on the same level like he used yeah. to playing against this competition but I don't know was it the nerves the scouts what it was in the game he really did poorly he mm-hmm. threw two had a pick picks. six yeah, he, yeah wow. he he had a pick he had two picks and a pick six Brett like you said 
it was just it would it was disappointing for him. I feel like he hurt his stock a lot. People were talking about it as well, but that's really was my takeaway. Johnny, we are so proud of you in the yeah. week that you had two years in a row that you've yeah. covered that event and. And boy, you 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 you'll be one of the old guard down there here here, here before long. Right. Who was the best quarterback? Maybe not in the game, oh, but yeah. in drills and and in workouts. Um, the best to me was Michael Pratt. Second, I was very surprised with was was Spencer Rattley. He hmm. he really He's shocked the MVP me. Down there, he was the man. MVP, wow. <laughs> and I was very, I got a chance to interview him as well. He's 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 a better guy than what I thought. Like he was. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> Judge Buck now. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, he he's a good guy. We had an opportunity to talk, and he he's a real good guy. From what I can how see. physical were practices? I know the big guys. Oh, yeah, they big guy, big guys always hit in pregame. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. Right. Yeah. I mean, because you're that big, they think you always <laughs> got to be banging into somebody. But who really got after it and was kind kind of nasty in physical drills? Man, oh man, that linebacker core for for the American, I mean for the national team. I for, I forget his name. Um, he's from Oregon. He is escaping my name right now. But Williams, he was making plays sideline to sideline, hidden. Mm. He 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 wasn't scared of literally nothing in practice. He really he's another guy who who increased his draft stock. He actually won an award. Uh, going against the tight ends and the running backs, he he won the award, man. I really, I really hate that I forgot his first name, but he he really stuck out to me. The the linebacker from Oregon, that's that's the guy who really stuck out. Mobile really embraces that event. That's their Super Bowl. Yes, they really they really do. And um, a a reporter asked uh, Jim Nagy a, 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 a interesting question, talking about renaming the Senior Bowl. And his reaction was hilarious. He said, "He said, man, I think it's doing pretty good. Seventy-five years, we're not renaming yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> well, why change? Yeah, he said. Uh, despite that, juniors are are getting uh-huh. the invite and sure. different things. But this is still the Senior Bowl. They had seventy-five years. Terrell Owens were there. Jerry Rice were there. It was a big event, man. And it was good, man." Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, last thing um, about the week down there. I know Michael Penix did not play yeah, in the game. Was that something that y'all had kind of heard about during the week, or was that just kind of like a Saturday morning, I'm not going? Right. I ain't going to lie. I was completely shocked, man, because yeah. he was, oh, my goodness. he w- He's a guy, man. Like, like yeah. I mean, he it, it's natural. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. what you saw, what I saw, like, it, it's – he makes it look easy. Yeah. Like his deep ball is really good. I, like Bo Nix, he he was okay. He didn't do what I really expected him to do. Mm-hmm. But Michael Pratt made it look easy out there, man. Yeah. And he I would throws just the deep ball. It, it's just a flick, sure and is. it's out of there, and it's deep. Yeah. Brad, you're not <laughs> like like what you it's, say. It, 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 not just because he's left-handed, but it reminds me of Michael Vick's throw. Yeah. Ain't it? Yes, that you are completely right. We were doing some comparison and. That's who I was thinking. I like, man. That's like Michael Vick. Yeah. That's like Michael Vick. And when he gets I, it behind that that left ear. It's out of there. Yeah, it's out, sure and does. it's quick. Like you're not lying. It's really quick. And he not he don't want to take no hits or no sacks or nothing like that. He getting it up out of there. He he looks like he NFL ready. But I was shocked. I was completely shocked yeah. because I was like, oh man, he gonna ball out this game. But yeah. but he wasn't there at all. Interesting, Brian. I'm seeing this now from Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. The Eagles will be the designated home team for the 2024 Friday night, week one, first ever NFL game in Sao Paulo, Brazil. 
So we're going to open on Thursday night with Whoa. presumably Super Bowl champion hosting, uh-huh. and then on Friday night have have a game in Brazil. How did we miss this? Interesting. Did you know about it, uh, Brett? I did not. Wow, I did not know about this at all. Interesting. And the Eagles will be the home team, and, and they they're, they're going to play somebody team. else. There, it's got to be an away team. Um, interesting. Wow. So that will be. Uh, Brad, I really have no idea what to say. I mean, this is... Uh, I don't either. This is something. Good for them. They got, at, 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 boy, the NFL. Yeah. That, that, that TV rating on Friday night, I don't know the... I don't know the time difference in Sao Paulo. I'm trying to figure that out now. Uh, but I'm sure they're going to try to start that game yeah. at about 6 or 7 Central Time. Yeah. And that Friday night, it will... Do a massive number. Oh, absolutely. It will do Currently 838 in Sao Paulo. Currently 830. So three wow. hours difference. I wonder if it. Hmm. Ah, that's, that's interesting. Cause that they'll be, have to uh... be, that game will have to kick off at five or six or so central. Yeah. Maybe even probably about five. Yeah. Cause uh-huh. I mean, you can't play too late. Maybe even four. I mean, that could be a, an early evening game. Sure could be. That's interesting. For wow. their time. Yeah. Um, Sao Paulo. Right, yeah. Who, who knew? Who knew? Man, I never knew we'd talk Sao Paulo time no, today. Here, here, and here we are. Um, so, uh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. But we've got another schedule of football out today. We do, Brett. Uh, yes, the the Memphis Showboats, their schedule is out. And, uh, Brett, i got to be honest. Not happy how the schedule lays out, especially early in the season. What, what are you sore about? Three out of your first four games of the season are road games? I want to learn the team. New coach, new quarterback. That's a good point. I want to learn about these guys. The team. Yeah, that's a good point. But now on the road, how much is that going to mean? Because you're, you're not talking about going into Tiger Stadium. Well, that's very true. Yes. No, the, the, the home field advantage does not mean much in spring football. Um, but I do like going to the, I did enjoy going to the games last year and I would have liked that reverse of four out of your, three of your first four home games. A couple of things I took from it is it's starting a little earlier yeah. than last year mm-hmm. did in USFL re- reboot. Yep. Looks like about about two weeks earlier, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what they did is because because the XFL started real, or I mean XFL started like, like February week, yeah, after yeah. the Super Bowl. So they just kind of met in the middle between those two. Good good spot for that, and yeah. the the showboats will open at Houston, two p.m. ESPN game. That's another thing I noticed. Very few night games. Yeah. Only two night games. Uh, Six p.m. road game in Birmingham, April thirteenth. And a 6 p.m. home game, the last regular season game of the year at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium against the Houston Roughnecks. Yeah. It seemed like six o'clock kick. It seemed like last year. I don't remember really any home games at night last year for the showboats. I don't either. And I know they were, because it was a, a hub city, they a lot of times like to try to. You had to flip it and play the next and, day. And yeah, so maybe that was part of it. Um, but no, I, I would like to go see a, a, a night game for the show, but that'd be fun. I'm not saying I'm going to all five games, but I'm going to go to a couple. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make it to as many. I'm, I'm actually mad. Brett, I'll tell you this. The, the thing I am the most upset about when looking at the schedule, I look at week four at St. Louis. Me, uh, Melinda and I are planning a, 
trip, a weekend trip, just going up there on Saturday, coming back Sunday to St. Louis to see the Kraken and the St. Louis Blues play a hockey game on a Sunday, I think it's like noon on a Sunday. Yeah. The week after the show oh, are up no. there for, to, to play St. Louis. Oh, have, man. Have you checked to see if MLS is playing while you're there? Ooh, I didn't check that. I checked. Have you checked to see if the Cardinals are there? Cardinals are out of town as well. I, oh. I checked. The first thing I checked when I saw when, when Melinda was like, let's go to a cracking game. And I was seeing where they're going to be. I saw they were going to be in St. Louis. I said, let's go to St. Louis. First thing I checked was, let's see if the Cardinals are home. April 20th, that's the, the showboats at St. Louis, and yeah. that will be the day of the Tiger Spring game. No Friday night stripes. It'll be on a Saturday afternoon. But you know what April 20th is really most famous for? Uh, No, I don't think I do. The voice of the Tigers, Dave Wilson. He turns 50 that day. You're kidding. Well, a few more than 50. I went to his 50th (laughs) birthday party. But uh, an anniversary of the 50th birthday party. We'll round to 50. I think the 21st anniversary of his 50th birthday party. How about that? I think. My math is right. Spring game. A yeah. celebration. I think the Tigers did that on purpose. For a I know he's going to love me giving his business out over there like <laughs> yeah. that he's about birthdays a, and the number. Yes, no, he's going to be a big fan of that. You might should have left it just as as fifty and yeah. uh, let other people uh, take what they wanted out of that. I should have su- the Super Bowl big game coming up on Sunday, and you're going to have a party. You're going to watch. You're going to have friends around, and the place to start any festivities for any big game, whether it's Sunday or otherwise, is at the commissary, the Collierville Commissary, Houston Levy and Poplar, or the original in Germantown. They will be open in Collierville on Sunday afternoon for a great place for a big group together there, and for the big game, they've got this special. Here's here's the deal. For any party pack you order, free wings. How about that? Wow, good deal. Free wings. You, that's what, that's what you get with, with, with the commissary. And coming up for Valentine's at both locations, very special deal for you and someone that you want to treat out that night. In Germantown, since the liquor law is a little bit different, you'll get complimentary two beers. But in Collierville, you'll get champagne. You'll also get a dessert. You'll get a, a slab of ribs. About seven, eight bucks off that, and with the special Valentine's deal, the special big game deal, keep the commissary in mind all this week and coming into this weekend. And for Valentine's, you're craving an easier way to order, you can text right now to commissary at 337-33. All the barbecue, whether it's shoulder or chopped on a plate, and the sides being slaw deviled eggs, bread as well. And you can order it by the pound, the party pack, six pack, eight pack, twelve pack, to make any occasion big. You gotta plan your your party anytime the right way and start with the appetizers like the cheese plate or the tamales, the smoked chicken wings or the barbecue nachos made famous at the Germantown Commissary, created, invented in the early eighties at the Germantown Commissary. Here's the number nine zero one seven five four five five four zero. Or go online like so many people preferred and did around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Go online at commissarybbq.com in Collierville and Germantown. The party areas, the orders to go, the catering, the big events, they start at the commissary. 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Let's get to our final break of the day. On the other side, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Times. At Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. 
Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Good & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. This is pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, I could go uh, a couple different options for what I learned today. I could go with the fact that we are playing a, uh, a a game week one of the NFL season in Brazil next year. I did not know that when I woke up today. But I'm going to go over to baseball. Uh, it's February. We're going to get pitchers and catchers reporting. We're going to get sp- spring training underway later this month. But today, the big news, uh, Kansas City Royals shortstop Bobby Witt Jr. has agreed to an el- and to an 11-year, $288.7 million contract extension. Um, obviously, a, a really good year as a as a rookie this season. Had some up-and-down moments, but you could see um, the bright future for him. Kansas City uh, not wasting any time, want to lock him up um, for the future and to be really the franchise piece and that star piece for the Royals. So definitely deserved, and, and I'm excited to see um, what this Royals team can build around him when you have such a young star. Here's what I hope for both parties. If it goes really, really well for Bobby Witt, the Royals hold him to every yes. semicolon of that yes. contract. Yes, yes, yes. If it goes really, really poorly for Bobby Witt, Bobby Witt gets every uh-huh. dime yes. that he's supposed to Absolutely. get from the Kansas City Royals. 100%. I don't, I don't want to hear any tearing up the deal no. and redoing it in five or six years. No. You signed it. Absolutely. Eyes wide open. Yep. Both parties live with it. Yes. Now I'm reading. I want to give a reference to Paulson Sports Media site for this. Not only the news of the game in Brazil, the first game on an opening weekend on a Friday night for the NFL since 1970 is huh. what we've learned. Wow. The NFL. I'm reading directly. The NFL is rarely scheduled Friday games, so as to avoid to avoid conflicting with high school football. That is not the result of any generosity on the part of the league, but rather a 63-year-old act of Congress, the 1961 wow. Sports Broadcasting Act. How about that? I don't, I, I sure didn't think we would invoke the 1961 Sports wow. Broadcasting Act today. No, one of my favorites. But remember, this year Labor Day is early, mm-hmm. an opening week for the NFL. Yep. They can't do, they can't play on a Friday night because of the Broadcasting Act. From the second Friday night on, this is wow. the first. 
Interesting. Oh, look over here, and we moved wow. over there from the NFL. Look at you, Brett. You're just learning everything today. That's great. <laughs> I'm reading it. <laughs> well, hey, you're still learning it. Oh, well, I, I gave I gave reference to it. You sure I, did, did. I didn't steal. You referenced very well. Um, what I could have done without today, um, obviously Super Bowl week, we're learning more and more about the festivities down in Las Vegas. If you're a media member working the week in Las Vegas, you're in luck because the Super Bowl Media Center in Las Vegas has NFL-themed slot machines. Not just slot machines. Oh, thank God. NFL-themed <laughs> slot machines. So you can be covering your favorite sport. What would that sport. cost all week? Just doing slot throwing a 20 every day sport. in it. And that's a good question. I mean, why not? When you're going to work, I say going and leaving. You know, one one in, one out, see what you, you can do. You see a few the things week. there. That's right. You know, just test your luck. Once a, Twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. See what the week holds. Like that hideous Harris in New Orleans that <laughs> I've never had a cherry uh-huh, pop up uh-huh. on a slot. Yeah. Just throw a 20 in, see if anything happens. Mm-hmm. Trust me, nothing's ever come close to happening. I would probably say you'd have similar luck with the NFL slots in Vegas. They they got to have them tight as they can be in there for, for us bunch of yahoos to win anything, <laughs> don't they? Got to. That, I mean, that's incredible. But what if you were that guy that, 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 that walked out with 10 large from the – NFL slot at, at Radio Row. How you write your story and you walk out with the jackpot. That'd be a great week. Well, here's what would happen. The rest of them would all make you go in the bar <laughs> and spend every cent of it By at Radio everything. Row. Yep. Uh, I could have done without all the injuries for the Grizzlies now mm-hmm. jaring out if, if this were if this were COVID. Uh, they'd have to cancel some games. Oh, absolutely! Over this many scratches, 100%. I don't know if if, if you could if you could get by with all this. No, no, not at all. And I mean, we talked about the guys that were playing last night. It is a uh, unique group of players. And, and what is that dynamic around any large group that one person wins? Oh, you you got to buy That's for right. everybody. That's right. Yeah, it, it starts with the goofiest tradition in sports with the hole in uh-huh. one. We got to change that. You it, make hole in one. We buy for exactly. you. If I do something like that, like a hole in one, why am I buying things for everybody? Why do I have to leave? Y'all should be bar- buying everything for me. Yeah, That's that right. Is, that is bad, bad, uh, bad thing that we do in sports. Uh, where are you beaming tonight? Sacramento at Cleveland. I yeah, called my yeah, shot earlier. Saw did. them both here last week, and I love what's being built by those two teams. And this was the this is where the the Grizzlies were in both of these spots are even a little better than both of these teams. And the Grizzlies can get back there next year after mm-hmm. this nightmare year. But the whiz kid front office has got to come through. Got to. No, you're absolutely right about that. I'll go a little off the board for where I'm beaming tonight. Beam me down to Miami, Florida for Puerto Rico versus Panama tonight in the Caribbean series. Puerto Rico right now uh, managed by Yadier Molina sitting at 3-1 and one on the other side. Panama 3-0. and oh. Ivan Herrera, the catcher in the Cardinal system, playing really well for them right now. Six NBA games tonight. Lakers' last game of a grueling road trip. Tips in a few minutes in Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, Mavs at Philly in a few minutes as mm-hmm. well. 17 college basketball games. Pretty light night. The big one, the U at UVA. Yeah, that's the big one tonight. And then the, the doubleheader, the second leg of the doubleheader, Kansas and Kansas State will uh, be interesting tonight. But other than that, a pretty light schedule in college basketball. But a good night in the NBA. Well, that's all the time we have today. Enjoy your night. We'll do it again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.